Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I did not know what to expect from you with that. And you did not disappoint for those of you that have been listening to the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast for a while now. Kate and I used to uh, start the podcast with that every single day. I don't even know what that is. Uh, I think it's the Cleveland Browns chant, honestly. That's what no. it reminds me of. I don't think that's exactly <laughs> it, but it's what it reminds me of. The Browns fans do that. Uh, but Ooh. we used to start the podcast with that every day, and it got us really pumped up. So we were trying it's out like an again affirmation today. We'll see if we keep it up. We don't know yet, but uh, your t- attempt at it was kind of hilarious. So I kind of want to <laughs> keep hearing you do that forever. <laughs> Anyways, welcome into the Ball Blast podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast EM. And you can find me, Kate, on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Check out the Ball Blast Football website at ballblastfootball.com. We have an entire group of awesome writers, and you can find all of their content over there. You do not want to miss out. You know, it's not just redraft content. We have Dynasty. We have Betting. Oh, Betting's so great. We have DFS. Like, anything you want to find over there, go to the ballblastfootball.com website, and you can read about it. And then also make sure to give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts or any anywhere that you listen to podcasts because that helps so much. Give us, you know, if you have any advice for us, leave that in the reviews. Today, maybe, maybe you'll hear your review on a future podcast. We were just looking through those pre-show and... We got some nice feedback, so yeah. maybe we should start sharing that with our listeners. I'm not used to people being so nice. Like, I, I haven't read them because <laughs> I've been so nervous. I'm like, oh, people are actually nice to us. That's weird for the interwebs. You love us. You really, <laughs> really love us. I've never felt more... Is that Susan Sarandon? It's possible. I'll be honest. I don't know. I just okay. throw things I've out there without any like frame of reference. i that lady that said that. Susan Sarandon. <laughs> the girl from Stepmom? I thought so. And a lot of other things. I get she's a really big actress, but I my one of my favorite movies of all time is Stepmom. So it reminds me of Susan Sarandon, but I, I don't get that whole thing that you just went with there. But today you might be mad at us and leave us some, you know, mad reviews because we're going to talk about bounce back players, which is super exciting, right? Like players that struggled last year that are gonna bounce back this year. But then we're also going to talk about players that struggled last year, and they're not going to bounce back this year. So we're going to bring in some positivity, some negativity. We're going to get all into it. But first, let's get into Talk of Town. Talk of the Town. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. You're talk of the town. You're the talk of the town. Talk of the town. There's not too much actually to talk about in the town today like the (laughs) nfl has been so boring as of the last week or so like yeah town's quiet town's real quiet right now a rumor like right what kind of rumor could we start from the ball blast fantasy football podcast aaron Rodgers is leaving nope nope (laughs) is leaving the nfl to go play in the nba Something wild. I to do go not play tennis. All right, to go play tennis or something. That Jeopardy. Could, well, obviously that's going to happen. We all know that's going to happen. So that's not even a rumor. Stop I it. Like I won't be party to this. I don't appreciate this that's happening right now. But our talk of the town for real this week. Let's get into Saquon Barkley because you know there's been news coming out that he's cutting and catching passes and there's a whole workout video so let's discuss whether we think saquon barkley is worth a top five pick next year when you say workout video that doesn't cut what this video was it 
was a hype video. Like this was saying, look at Saquon. He is Saquon of old. He is going to be the Saquon that you trust. But I do think it's really interesting because we've heard word from like the, the preseason chatter, which is usually a really positive time. We've heard that they might be considering limiting his snaps to start the season. So does that concern you guys? Uh, look, I mean, Saquon is so efficient with his touches, though, that a slight decrease in workload, which should hopefully keep him healthy for the entirety of the season, is fine with me. Like, if I can get more games of Barkley at just a slightly less workload, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, do do we think he'll stay healthy this year? Like, last year, you know, it's a crazy knee injury. Those things don't happen all the time. But we did see that the year before that, he hurt his ankle and kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, his production went way down from his rookie season. But then at the end of the year, he really picked it up once he got healthy again. Like, are we, you know, people get so mad at that injury-prone label, which is kind of crazy. Like, we cannot call injury – or we cannot call Saquon Barkley at all injury-prone at this point of his career. But do you trust that he will stay healthy as much as any other running back, right? Like, it's all it's all worrisome for running backs. But, Jake, do you think there's a just as good of an opportunity for him to play 14-plus games as anyone else? I do. I really, truly believe that. And I think the lazy man's comp is like, well, look at what Adrian Peterson did in the prime of his career when he's coming back from an ACL tier. And I'm not saying that it's absolutely going to happen for Saquon, but it's a pretty reasonable touch point, actually. <laughs> I, I do feel like um, based lazy. on the athleticism comps there, though. And so that's my hope, right? Like, that's my hope is he comes back and he's prime AP for this year. But I think... I, I just cannot imagine too many running backs that I would be comfortable drafting over Saquon this year. Like, I don't know if you guys have that firm list yet, but there's like basically two, and it's CMC and Dalvin Cook for me that I'm taking over Saquon. Otherwise, he's next up for me. Those are the two for sure that I'm 100% taking. I'm not thinking about it. CMC is my 101. It's not even remotely close, right? Like people hate not particularly, particularly close. <laughs> No, CMC is the clear one. I'd still would go Dalvin Cook over him. The thing is, even if we look at Saquon Barkley in 2019, so two years ago when he was, you know, he played 13 plus games. When you look at his points per game, he was running back six, right? So that's great. But he still is being considered as a top three or four guy overall in drafts for 2021 so uh in 2019 cmc outscored him dalvin cook outscored him aaron jones derrick henry yeah he did ezekiel elliott and <laughs> austin eckler all outscored him so actually he was a running back seven in points per game in 2019 i think i would still go Jonathan Taylor over Saquon Barkley. That's very, very close. Ooh. Camaro would be really close, but you know who I actually would rather have on my team. It doesn't mean I would take him here. We're talking redraft, It's Austin right? Eckler. Yeah, we're talking redraft. Mm. Austin Eckler outscored him in 2019, and he would have done the same thing in 2020, I believe, as well, on a point-game basis if they both played. I... You can get Austin Eckler in the second round, so there's no reason to go with him here, but I might rather go with a different running back and then Austin Eckler. Interesting. Interesting. Here's the thing is, like, I think his situation is much better than it was in 2019. I think that. I don't know that, but I think that the Giants' situation is better. But it's interesting when we talk about Dalvin Cook and him back-to-back -back because Dalvin Cook has never played a full season, by the way. He has played 14 games at most, and he is injured as much as anybody is, but he's still firmly kind of in that number two spot, it seems like, uh, on consensus. And I just wonder why we give him a little bit more leeway than we do for Saquon. I get it because the injury is top of mind for Saquon, but you know, for me, it's apples to apples with the two of them, and I'm comfortable with both. I feel like with Dalvin Cook, you feel better about the touchdown production, right? Like, you know mm. the Vikings are going to score more, and Cook has just been a better touchdown scorer, and they feed him like crazy. And personally, he's just a better running back. I will say about Saquon Barkley, he's not hes not a guy I would technically want on the Steelers. Like, I get the talent. He's an absurd talent as a receiver, as an elusive player, but he has so many negative plays that he kills drives. He just does. Like, yes, there's 
that time he takes it for 40 yards in a game, that's fantastic. But he's already made you go three and out about three other times. And down, then you're down 21 to zero. It's like, that's not the running back I like. I want a running back to be able to get those hard four or five yards each time, like a Derrick Henry type, a Dalvin Cook type. Saquon Barkley's a negative one or 40 yard gain. Like those are his two options and it kills you. And his 40 yard gains help him with his yards per carry at the end of the year. But Sure. Uh, he he bounces too much, and he's just he's not a back I enjoy watching until you finally get that massive play. Then he's a blast. Yeah. So basically, you like Saquon Barkley's highlights. Yes, I like Saquon Barkley's highlights. Are, <laughs> they're some of the best in in life, right? Like Saquon Barkley's highlights are absurd, uh, but there are so many low lights. Okay, so this is actually <laughs> like I feel like this is it's my ballsy take this week. By the way. Um, and I feel like I'm getting to it prematurely, but this isn't actually my ballsy take for the week. Uh, running backs I would take over Saquon Barkley in 2021 redraft leagues as of June. Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, and Najee Harris. You did not say CMC. I'm hoping you just oh, forgot him. Oh, sorry. I thought okay. he was a good We are going to have to get divorced. And Jonathan, I, so I was looking after Saquon Barkley in terms okay. of ADP. Um, but I, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Najee Harris. Okay. And then I will take Saquon. I'm out on Chubb only because of the receiving work. Like yeah. we're talking about, Saquon gets that receiving work that Chubb unfortunately does not. Um, and I, that's what I need. Like I need it for my sanity yeah. and for my safety when taking a running back early is that receiving work. But I get it. Like I get all of those names and it would be... <sighs> It's tough because if you're banking on 16 games from any one of them, you'd be happier than probably 11 games of Saquon, right? So, like, I, I do understand. And I, I'm i still, like, as much as I just talked crap about Saquon, I'm still taking over him over Nick Chubb pretty easily. And then also I'd still take him over Zeke. Zeke Elliott. Zeke is his new name. Zeke. Zeke Elliott. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm still taking him over him. Najee and him would be close. It all depends on ADP once we get to September, right? Like, when you're drafting, if Saquon Barkley's going in the top four, like, no, I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor, CMC, Sa- or uh, Dalvin Cook. Like, he's not going to be on any of my teams. But, oh, my God, does that say Cam Akers is a running back six in this? What is and that? And Dynasty ADP. Oh, my goodness. That's oh. That is insane. And that's still wild, by the it's way. Still but, wild. yeah, that's not disgusting. as wild as redraft. It's <laughs> disgusting is what it is. All right, that's enough of Saquon Barkley talk because he's going to be great, right? Like, he's going to be a top eight running back. It is what it is. He's going to have his 5,000 negative plays, but his very many 40-yard plays, and it's all going to make up for it in fantasy. So getting into our main segment, Saquon Barkley will be a bounce back next year. Like, I think we can all agree on that. Let's talk about a few more guys that struggled in 2020, but we believe will bounce back for whatever reason in 2021. We will dig into that. But first, let's talk about FanDraft. FanDraft is the online fantasy football draft board. And now, guys, I don't talk about things a lot, right? Like, there's a lot of products. I'm like, eh. But this product, this product, you are doing your drafts. And it's just like when you have those stickers up on the board, except instead of all of the struggle of putting those stickers in alphabetical order, I know you guys all feel it. You all feel it. You know that struggle. No matter how many times you organize them, it's a disaster. Well, with FanDraft, it's Because your friend Jim, your friend Jim always comes and screws it up. Oh my God. They go up there for 20 minutes and you don't know what the hell they're looking at and they mess everything up. But on FanDraft, it's all digital, right? So you're still with your group of friends or you don't have to be with them. Like you don't have to be in person, but you can be in person. You put it on a projector, you have the draft up. It looks like the stickers. And then on your computers is where you get to pick everybody. And then you also get a walk-up song. Like, so you get to pick up walk-up song for guys. You get to boo picks on the computer. So the sound comes up, boo picks or cheer picks. Like, it's a blast. And if you have not tried out the fan draft product yet, I, I really advise you to do so. There is a free trial. So you can it, go test it out. So go to fandraft.com, test out the product. If you like it, 
then buy it. And you can use the promo code BALLBLAST15 to get 15% off your purchase. I promise you, it's it's pretty baller. And I mean, who doesn't want a walk-up song to their draft picks, right? I know so, what mine would be, by the way. I know exactly oh, what it would be. Here. It's going to be the Golden Girls theme song. You know, <laughs> thank you for being a friend. <laughs> that's like, I just, I, that's That gets me hyped, you know, to go select Saquon Barkley at the end of the first round. I'm going to take the different strokes theme for $200, Kevin. Um, but actually, in real life, so I want to give a shout out to a really big supporter of the fantasy industry, uh, Dr. Kevin J. Murray. Love him. And if you know who Kevin J. Murray is, he literally dominates the draft world. Every single year, uh, maybe COVID aside, he throws the most baller draft of all time. He literally mimics the NFL draft for his actual draft. And you get to be just a touch a touch like Kevin Murray with the FanDraft app because they make it possible to, to pimp out your draft a little bit. And just before we get into these 2021 bounce backs, I want to say we're giving away a spot for Scott Fish Bowl League. If you don't know about it, it's a massive charity league. How many people are there playing in it? Like 1,200? No, I think this year it's like 2,000 plus. Almost 2,000 people. Damn. That's it's the biggest fantasy league ever. It's a massive league, and I'm sure you've all heard of it. Uh, but all of the you know donations go to Fantasy Care to take care of children, especially around the holidays, and get them those awesome toys that maybe their family cannot afford around that time. But we are giving away one spot because the league is almost filled up, right? Like Scott Fish is, is picky, right? He picks some of the best people that are um, in the fantasy community altogether, fans, analysts, and we're giving away one spot. So you have to use this code and you have to DM either Kate, I, or Jake at Ball Blastum, at FF Ball Blast 8, at Jake Trowbridge. With a W. With a W. DM one of us with the code GETBALLSY and tell us why you want to play in the league. Like, just give us a little explanation. It'll help us pick someone that we feel deserves it. Um, Just give a a reason why you really, really want to be in the league this year. And we're going to pick someone by Thursday night. So you're listening to this hopefully Thursday morning. We're picking someone by Thursday at midnight. So if you're listening to this on Friday, I'm sorry. It's already done. Thursday at midnight. All right, let's get into the 2021 bounce backs. So, so many people disappointed, I feel like, last year with COVID, just all together. Like, so many people we thought were going to ball out, just ugh, did not. There were a lot of monkey wrenches. So, Jake, who is your one candidate you think will bounce back in the 2021 season? I feel like mine is a layup, but somebody has to lay it up there, and it might as well be me. It is Carson Wentz. I was about to insert his middle name, and then I realized I don't know what his middle name is. <laughs> I don't know. I could have given him one. Carson, Carson Christopher James. Wentz. Uh. Uh, from last season, obviously, one of the bigger disappointments in all of fantasy football. Uh, he got pulled eventually for Jalen Hurts, for Michelle's favorite, uh, Jalen Hurts, who is going to dominate this year. So he got pulled for Hurts. He finished the year as QB 22. That's terrible. That's borderline unusable for your fantasy leagues. Uh, here's the good news. Here's the good news. He gets to reunite with Frank Reich, Ew. who was like his saving grace back in 2017 with the Philadelphia Eagles. It is by far the best season that Wentz has had. Uh, It's the highest touchdown percentage of his entire career. Uh, He he did amazing things, 30-plus touchdowns, very few interceptions. He finished as the QB5 in his last season with Frank Reich. I'm not projecting that he's going to finish as QB5 this year, but the move to Indianapolis helps him a ton. Helps him a ton because the pressure rate that he faced last year behind that abysmal Philadelphia offensive line is 29.3%. That's a lot. That's a whole lot of pressure in his face all the time. He had no time to actually make throws. Some of it he did to himself, but a lot of it was his O-line. Uh, Compare that to last year's QB for the Indianapolis Colts, which was Phillip Rivers, who was basically dead. I mean, his arm was at the very (laughs) least. But the good thing is that he faced only 16.5% pressure. 
It's just some quick math here. That is basically half of what Carson Wentz had to deal with. That's the kind of thing you can expect for him going to the, the Colts this year. Um, and not to put too fine a point on this, but Wentz did not have help last year. He, not just from his O-line, but his pass catchers were a poopy. 5.5% uh, <laughs> drop rate from the Philly pass catchers. A poopy is a technical term. You can look that up on Pro Football Reference. I'm pretty sure it's in there somewhere. You can look that up on ballblastfootball.com. That's exactly right, and that's what I meant to say. Hashtag uh, plug three. it. Hashtag plug it. <laughs> uh, like he needs to plug the holes on that Philly O-line. Oh, you my see what goodness. I pew, 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 that's pew. Right. Shots fired. <laughs> but the indie pass catchers, who were not that great themselves, they could at least catch and hold on to the ball. Just a 3% drop rate amongst them, so a lot better there. Um, again, I can't emphasize the O-line troubles. PFF. Uh, they ranked Indy as the seventh best O-line, Philly as the 19th best. Again, huge drop. I'm not expecting top 10 for Carson Wentz this year. But if he gets it, would I be surprised? No, I really wouldn't. Um, he has plenty of capable pass catchers. He has an amazing offensive line. He has a relationship with Frank Wright. He has the pieces to get you back to those, you know, QB 12 range performances. He'll be a fringe QB one. Borderline QB2, very startable, very usable, and going so late in drafts that you'll probably be psyched to have them. People just don't realize how bad of the situation it was for these quarterbacks with the Eagles. I mean, they allowed the most sacks by far, far, the most pressure. It's like, it was terrible. And like you brought up the offensive line, like it was no joke bad. And I already brought this up on the podcast when I was talking about Jalen Hurts, but I feel like I need to re reiterate it because it was such a crazy year for them. They had 14 different starting O-line combos in 2020, which was the most too many. different combos since 1983, since the 1983 Buccaneers. Like that's the last time you can go back and see that many different combinations of an offensive line. And there was six linemen that had their first career start for the Eagles last year. Six. There's only five months of linemen, offensive linemen, like, and six of them had their first career start. That was tied for the most by any team since 1991. That's absurd. Like, that situation was terrible. There was nobody to pass to. That's not Carson Wentz's fault. That's not Jalen Hurts' fault. My question, though, like, how much more faith do you have in the Indianapolis pass catchers? Because, like, let's look at the receiving depth chart. We have T.Y. Hilton, who is approximately 95 years old. Uh, Michael Pittman <laughs> Jr., who has promise, but we haven't seen true production. Paris Campbell, been banged up, haven't seen production. Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox. What are we, like, what are we expecting? My personal opinion is that they are trading for Zach Ertz. I would, it. I don't ever, I would never bet on a trade, but if I could bet on one trade, I really think it would be Ertz to the Colts because it, it makes sense. They don't have a voluptuous wide receiver core. So when you're comparing situations, yes, the offensive line situation, better. The run game, better. But when you're looking at pass catchers, not totally all that better. I mean, better, not amazing. but not yeah, yeah. T.Y. Hill and Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, like they're all better than every single one of the lines you would go down for um, the Eagles. But are they that much better? No, I think they are comparable, though, to that 2017 depth chart that he had with the Eagles. I know the name was there for Alshon Jeffrey, but it was true. He was there in spirit. He wasn't really <laughs> at his prime at that he point. He wasn't even there And in he spirit. was at the Don't top of the depth chart. And then it was Zach Ertz. So to your point, if Zach Ertz goes there, you know, he was definitely the second best option. Well, really the first best option the, for him. Number one. And so if he's there, then that's then that's great for him. But even I think he can make do even without him, just because of that backfield catching roster that they have. I think that's gonna buffer some of that. Yeah, I think we can all agree there. He will be very close to a top uh twelve quarterback for me in my projections. Kate, give us your twenty twenty one bounce back candidate. This one, I feel like y'all just gave me the easiest layup of all yeah, time. Yeah, this is so easy. Why'd you do this? I, I don't know. <laughs> I do think it needs to be talked about, though. He's he's being drafted way too late. Way too late. So I want to take you back to June of 2020. You are in your Dynasty startup draft, and you have the 104 
guess what? Odds are you probably took Michael Thomas, whose ADP was the 104. He was being drafted as the wide receiver one in Dynasty Startup Leagues literally a year ago. One year. So I'm going to take you back to week one of the 2020 season where he was diagnosed with like a very bad ankle injury. He missed nine games on the season and still, I mean, like, we know what he was going through. He had ankle surgery. He came out after the season and said, like, the only reason I was playing was because of Drew Brees. I wanted to play one more season with Drew Brees. You can't blame him for wanting to play one more season with a Hall of Fame quarterback. But going back to 2018-2019, wide receiver won in 59% of his games played and it's not a small sample size. 32 games played in that span. Looking at wide receivers with the most points per uh, 15 point performances or more since 2018, you're looking at Devontae Adams, who's had 32 performances of 15 plus PPR points, DeAndre Hopkins, 31, Stephon Diggs, 26, Michael Thomas, 26. Tyreek Hill, 25, Julio Jones, 25. I want to remind you, Michael Thomas missed nine games last year, and he is still tied for the third most third most 15-point PPR performances since 2018. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> I feel like out of breath from that. But I think the one thing... The fact that, that he has more of those games than Tyreek Hill and he missed nine games is absurd. Because Tyreek Hill is an easy first-round pick this year, it feels like, for everyone. Well, Michael Thomas just was hurt all year long. He has more games, and he missed nine games last year. Like, that's absurd. But looking at, I think, like, one of the biggest things we need to look at is the splits with and without Drew Brees. Obviously, Drew Brees is no longer with the team. We don't yet know what is in store for him. But in the split of, of games with Drew Brees, he had 60 games. 18.5 PPR points per game. That's pretty high, just generally speaking. Um, he had 10 games in his career thus far without Drew Brees, averaging 18.7 PPR points per game. There's literally virtually no difference between the two. In fact, he scored more points without Drew Brees. I'm not saying that's always going to be the case. Obviously, there's a larger sample size with him, but... What are we doing? Why aren't we drafting Michael Thomas super high? Because he's had three consecutive, outside of last season where he was banged up like very severely all season long, uh, he's never had fewer than 92 catches in a season, three consecutive years of 100 plus. Like, what are we doing? He had 149, 125 plus recent What are season, we doing? Which is absurd. Like, if recency you can, bias. Yeah. If you can grab him in the late second, which is basically. You know, you can get him there. Uh, that's a steal. Like You're just... getting potentially the wide receiver one in the second round. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm going to go with a different guy who Woo! does not have the same ceiling as Michael Thomas, but he still has a pretty high ceiling. It's Cooper Cup from the Rams. You know, it, we're just one season removed from Cooper Cup being the wide receiver four on the season. The wide receiver four in 2019 – yeah, he was a wide receiver seven in points per game. And I like going by points per game, right? Like you should never just like get credit for playing 16 full games. So wide receiver seven and fantasy points per game in 2019. And then you go to 2020 and it was kind of a gross year, but he was still the wide receiver 26 in points per game last year. And, you know, he only scored three touchdowns. And he only averaged 10.6 yards per reception. Like, it was a disgusting season for him. And his floor was the wide receiver, 26. You know, last year the Rams offense just wasn't clicking. It, it just fell apart. Jared Goff fell apart. You know, the, the play calling as well. And then Goff hurt his thumb. Like, it was just a disaster. They could not get it done. But if you look at all the other years with Cooper Cup in the same offense with Sean McVay, it's like he is a touchdown scorer. Like that three touchdowns that he scored last year is not normal. He had 10 receiving touchdowns in 2019 
and he was on pace for 12 receiving touchdowns in 2018 before getting injured. Like he is a touchdown scorer and Matthew Stafford will get him the ball in the end zone. So I do believe we're going to see close to double digit touchdowns again, if not double digit touchdowns. Once this offense gets back to normal, he had average only 10.6 yards per reception last year. Again, that's not normal. Uh, his career average before this last season was 13.2. And we're looking that over three seasons. Like that's a pretty decent sample size. Again, the offense just fell apart. They were doing different types of plays. He's not just that short target kind of guy. And when you're comparing Matthew Stafford last year to Jared Goff, to see like, okay, can Cooper Cup's yards per reception increase? Well, Stafford averaged 8.7 air yards per attempt last year. That was fifth most in the NFL. Fifth most in the NFL, repeat. Jared Goff averaged 6.5 yards per attempt. That was 32nd in the NFL. Leave him alone. <laughs> fifth to 32nd. So you're getting a massive upgrade. Matthew Stafford is going to air out the ball. He's going to get the ball to... to Cooper Cup, I think Cooper Cup is the wide receiver one on this team. Like, yeah, Robert Woods is good, but Cooper Cup is the best talent, I believe, and he's going to see 150-plus targets. He's going to get the touchdowns. They brought in Stafford for a reason, and the reason is to throw far more than they did last year. Teams nowadays don't win by running. Like, the best offenses last year threw, 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 and they only ran when they, like, just because, oh, we need to. Like, the best offenses just throw constantly. I think that's why they brought in Matthew Stafford, because Jared Cook, Jared Cook, Jared Goff cannot <laughs> be that guy. So that's why Cooper Cup hasn't hit 150 targets yet in his career, but I think he gets it next year because uh, the targets are just going to increase so much overall uh, for the team. Right now, Cooper Cup's going at the wide receiver 20 in ADP, 50th overall. You can grab him in the fifth round, and we've already seen that's his floor. That's his floor last year, scoring three touchdowns, doing basically nothing. His ceiling, we've already also seen, is a top seven wide receiver. I think he ends up somewhere kind of in the middle there as a top 12-ish wide receiver. I love his value next year with Matthew Stafford. I mean, we do forget that he was drafted as a top five dynasty wide receiver a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. That's he's so old. Remember, <laughs> now he's like 40 because he came into the league when he was like 38, apparently. And now people <laughs> want to write him off. I love both those guys. And my philosophy with both Robert Woods and Cooper Cup for the last three years has been draft whoever falls the furthest out of the two of them. And this year it seems to be Cup, so he's the guy I'll be taking. Cup is already 28, which is pretty wild because it feels like he just entered the league. He entered the league the same exact year as Juju. And I'm pretty sure Juju, isn't he? He's only 24. Juju's only 24 and Cooper Cup is 28 and they entered in the same year. That's pretty wild. Uh, so he was really old. Uh, but honestly, for wide receivers, that 27 through 29 years is their prime. So do I want Cooper Cup uh, badly in Dynasty Leagues? No, probably not. But in 2021, I do think he'll be a league winner and I do think he's going to be very close to a top 10, 12 wide receiver next season. And he's just being overlooked because of the horrendous season of the Rams last year. But also let's look at the fact, like I also, I know 28 is older than we want. We want literally spring chickens fresh out of their mother's nests. Where do, where do chickens? Oh, I'm like so nests? glad you said nest, by the way, that was <laughs> veering dangerously off course, but yes, absolutely. Is it a nest? Sure. I don't know. Oh my yeah. God, where does a chicken lay an egg? Um, yeah, for sure. There's a nest, some okay. sort of... Uh... Okay. Oh, it is. It's a hen, not a chicken. Oh my goodness. Okay, we are getting <laughs> off track. Um, Don't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> oh I'm God. so Robert preoccupied Woods and Cooper chickens. Cup. Cooper oh, Cup Cooper is Cup. A, not a spring chicken. Cooper he Cup not... sounds like a chicken, right? That sounds like it would be a chicken. Cooper Cup! <laughs> Cooper Cup! <laughs> oh my God, he is amazing. not... Cooper Cup is not a spring chicken, but I, I he's also... I to do that 30 more times. <laughs> Can you please do it again? Cooper Cup! <laughs> Cooper Cup! <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, Kate, what were you saying about Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup? He's no spring hen. 
Dad joke that fast. <laughs> Say your stat. Um, he's no spring chicken, but also like 29 is, or 28. He's 28, right? Yeah. 28 is not a bad year to be a wide receiver. You like those wide receivers with more experience. It, I mean, nece- it doesn't necessarily matter that, you know, he took this long to get to the NFL. I, I still think he has at least two to three years left on his tires before we need to switch out and get some new good years. I agree. So I also want to get into one of our candidates that we think will not bounce back in 2021. Uh, But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about underdog fantasy because they're the best, best ball app around. I mean, I miss anyone that used to draft on the draft app. If you haven't, you really just missed out. But there used to be an app called Draft. And you went in there and you picked $3, $1, $5, $20, $50. And you picked the draft amount that you wanted to bet on yourself to draft a good team. Because guess what? In best ball, you draft a team. There's no waivers. There's no trades. There's no anything like that. It's a team that you picked. <laughs> That's it. And in June, like you better be good at it. And then at the end of the, se- end of the year, you go see if you won money. Because did you pick a good team or did you not? Uh, But that's the best part about that. But with draft, that's now gone, but it's turned into underdog fantasy. It's pretty much the same exact If you guys don't know, it's literally the same team. Yeah. So if you were a fan of the draft app, underdog fantasy is the same team, rebranded, renamed. Uh, People change their names all the time. But it's the best way to do mock drafts because you're actually putting down money and that means other people are putting down money. So they're actually trying to draft and they're not just fooling around with mock drafts. You actually get a feel of where players are going before you get to your drafts in August and September. It's the absolute best and you don't have to worry about any of that lineup management come September. Just do as many drafts as you want. But go to underdogfantasy.com, use promo code BALLBLAST when you sign up and just enjoy your life. You know, do the mock drafts get some money. And they also have a massive best ball tournament going on. It's called best ball mania two. And you, uh, they have $3.5 million worth of prizes over there. Uh, in first place, you win $1 million. It's pretty insane. Michelle, you forgot to mention the best part, which is when you use promo code ball blast, you get $25, which is literally enough to enter you into best ball mania which is enough to enter you to win a million dollars. There you go. So go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code BALLBLAST, and go get yourself that entry for a million dollars. All right, Jake, who is not going to win you a million dollars this year because they suck? Not really. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I I don't want to take on that aggression here, uh, but I do want to say this is also a layup for who is not going to bounce back this year to kick off this section. It's the one, the only, Leonard Fournette. And Mm. I don't mean that in a good way. Playoff. (laughs) Leonard Fournette. Now, a playoff Lenny, and that's what's still ruminating in people's minds is this optimism about Leonard Fournette because look at what he did in the playoffs for Tampa Bay. I could maybe trick myself into getting him back on my team this year. And his ADP is enticing enough where I could I could see it if you want it. It's going to be down. I believe it's about RB30 in that range right now. It's not much risk necessarily, but he's also going around guys like Travis Etienne who I'd be more inclined to take. But here's where I don't like Lenny getting back to his previous self. First of all, his previous self with the Jaguars was very volume dependent. He was good for fantasy because he got a ton of volume and you don't see a lot of workhorse running backs. So he was James Robinson. He, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. And they came from the same team. And in fact, James Robinson finished RB7 last year. I'm pretty sure Leonard Fournette finished RB7 the year before. I could be making that up. Somebody fact check me, but I think that that is true. But regardless, I'm going to try and keep this short and sweet here. Leonard Fournette has no real purpose on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) He doesn't. And I'm sorry, and I know that that's rude, but Gio Bernard getting signed by them makes him completely irrelevant as a pass catcher. Not that he was ever relevant to begin with. He led the league in drop percentage as a damn running back. That is all pass catchers. He led everybody. Running backs, you're supposed to just catch everything. And you're supposed to get like at least 95% 
<laughs> your catch is caught. That's how that works. He couldn't do that. Um, Ronald Jones is a better pure runner than Leonard Fournette. So that takes away the rushing ability of Leonard Fournette. Doesn't leave a whole lot on the table for somebody. Um, here's the deal. Ronald Jones, his yards per attempt behind the exact same O-line that Leonard Fournette was working with, had 5.1 yards per carry. Leonard Fournette, 3.8 yards per carry. Yards after the carry per attempt, Ronald Jones, 3. Leonard Fournette, 2. Leonard Fournette did not have a single broken tackle last year, by the way. Stop. I know he didn't get a ton of work. He didn't get a ton of work, but not one the entire year. Where God. is he that He won the from? Super Bowl. Wait, so where are you getting that stat from? So I got that from Pro, Pro Football Reference, their advanced rushing okay. uh, numbers, but not a single broken Oh, my That's God. pretty wild. I hear that's bad. I hear that's broken. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So Fournette, again, when I say he doesn't serve a real purpose on that team, that's why. They've already got two fine guys. He can be a spellback. He can maybe get some goal line work. And if he leans into the end zone and gets you a few touchdowns, great. But that ain't what I'm banking on. And so there's no way possible that he returns to his previous top 10, top 12 self. And I don't think he even sniffs RB2 territory this year. There's too many good options in front of him. Now, with you saying that, do you want to draft Ronald Jones? Or are you out on everybody in this backfield? I would rather wait until the last round and take Gio Bernard for his pass catching. Okay. That's where I'm at with these guys. Yeah, I would rather take none. Even Gio Bernard in the last <laughs> round sounds terrible. It sounds a lot like LaShawn McCoy, but I do actually think Bernard will be more involved. Like There is a reason they got him, and it's because you brought up Fournette. Uh, is Dropsy McGee. Also, Ronald Jones is right behind him with Dropsy McGee. Like, neither one. And, like, there was a Dropsy McGee the second. I think there was two passes that (laughs) Ronald Jones actually caught that's not counting against him for the drop percentage. And then he fumbled, and he lost it. So it's (laughs) because he was so worried about catching the ball. Uh, There's a whole video on YouTube or on uh, Twitter showing a video of him, like, doing alligator hands trying to catch the ball. He does – Ronald Jones does not know how to catch. Like, I honestly think I have a better technique catching the ball than he does. But Leonard Fournette also struggles. Uh, but I think they brought in Gio Bernard for a reason. is because Tom Brady wants and needs that guy to check down to. And it hasn't even changed during, like, these mini camps, OTAs. We've still seen footage that all of these running backs are dropping the balls. And Keisha o- Vaughn, I thought, you know, he was a good pass catcher in Vanderbilt. Apparently, he oh, can't I forget catch. about him. I forget he's even on the team. Yeah, he uh, can't catch. Who knows? He can still work too. This he can't catch a ball though either in practice for some reason. We don't, don't talk know. about Keyshawn. I don't know if it's in his head. Yeah, she loved him. But, I I get I get called out for loving him. I'm like, hey, my wife loved him. I just said <laughs> that he could win the role over Ronald Jones because Ronald Jones was trash before this last year, and he actually became a pretty decent runner. We need to write an apology letter to the entire Tampa Bay backfield. I think after this episode. We have just been nonstop dunking on these guys. Uh, well, hey, actually, Tom Brady, you're great. Former teammates. <laughs> let's talk about another guy that you don't think will bounce back. These two used to play together and were great in the same season. And now both are poo-poo. 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 <laughs> I'm going with DJ Chark. Uh, I feel like we are, even despite this whole shenanigans that the Jaguars are putting on that, we don't know who the starting quarter. You know the who the starting quarterback is going to be. It's Trevor Lawrence. God, God dang it! Like that's that's literally your starting quarterback, and we've heard so much. Like obviously he's one of the most pro-ready quarterback prospects that we've seen in years, which should be fantastic. Um, but looking back at just the overall production for these quarterbacks and turn like it, rookies. You don't see a lot of production for their receiving core, regardless of how good they are. Uh, You don't see a ton of wide receiver one performances. DJ Chark, he had a disappointing year. Um, I I will say that. We heard a lot of hype before year two about the progress he had made through OTAs, through camp, uh, finished with a thousand receiving yards, which is like the, that's, I feel like the ultimate goal for these wide receivers, eight touchdowns and not on a particularly good offense, but 
we saw last year, he definitely regressed. Had uh, just 706 receiving yards, five touchdowns. I think we need to temper the expectations for DJ Chark because we've heard a lot of scuffles. Uh, and when I say scuffles, I mean we've heard a lot of shenanigans about Urban Meyer and DJ Chark. And I don't really like anything that I'm hearing between them. Uh, DJ Chark, he didn't play well, Urban Meyer says, which he didn't. Like, he played like a small guy is what he he's, said. He played like a small guy. He, Urban Meyer doesn't really have anything nice to say about DJ Chark, which I don't think is really anything good. Despite his second round draft capital, that is not encouraging when your new head coach comes in and he doesn't have much nice to say, but we've heard plenty, plenty about LaVisca Chanel. And now we add in another pass catcher in Travis Etienne, who's the best running back receiving weapon out of this class. I just think the volume's not going to be there. I think that DJ Chark, I'm projecting him to have another season kind of where he was at in 2020. I could project him for maybe around 800 yards, five touchdowns, but nothing that you can rely on for fantasy football. And the it, it's so complicated because, you know, looking at player profile and all this stuff, he should be better. So I don't, maybe we're... Well, you're also forgetting about Marvin Jones, who gets totally oh, overlooked. Marvin, and Marvin Jones, Jones is actually a really good wide receiver. I mean, in the last two years, he's averaged over 60 yards per game, and he scored nine touchdowns per game. Uh, a little note here, because I just did it from my job at NFL Network today. Uh, Marvin Jones is the only player to have nine plus receiving touchdowns in the last two seasons. Like huh. Marvin Jones is a, a Consistent. very decent wide receiver and he's better than Keelan Cole, right? Like Keelan Cole's our dude, but yes, he's better than Keelan Cole. He gets targets deep. Um, he gets the receiving yards. I mean, just in the last Keelan Cole isn't with them anymore. I know exactly. He is taking over for Keelan Cole. It's my good oh, old yeah. Marv he's, has usurped him. He's, now. I'm saying it's <laughs> I'm saying it's worse for DJ Chark because he's taking over for Keelan Cole. But when you're looking at Marvin Jones' stats over the last six years, it's been highly consistent: 800 yards, 930, 1100 yards. He had. He only played nine games in one year and had 508. So it looks like a down year, but he was on pace for at least a thousand yards. And then you have 779 yards, 978 yards. And again, that 779 yards was with 13 games played. So he's always consistently around 800 to a thousand yards. Like, and that's the last six seasons. Like, that's a massive sample size. I just think Marvin Jones is going to really eat into this offense pretty significantly. And I don't know if I want any of them. But if I'm going to take one, it's Marvin Jones in, what, the 13th round? Like, yeah, please. He's yeah. the touchdown scorer. You might be, like, snagging him early in the 13th round. I want to say, like, in Dynasty Leagues, I think Chark is a really interesting buy. He kind of fits, I mean, he has the perfect wide receiver profile. A very interesting prospect. He's shown ability to produce. He has the speed. He has all of these different. Apparently he doesn't have the strength, which is worrisome. Listen, there's no one that loved DJ Chark more than I did last year. I had him ranked as a top eight wide receiver last year. So at this point, turn off the podcast because there's no reason to (laughs) listen to me when I'm that wrong. I thought DJ Chark was going to follow up on his big 20... 19 season i thought he was a real deal because of all these things uh maybe garner Minshew ruined that maybe the coaching but it's hard though because he had the opportunity it like i think that's the biggest thing is that he had the opportunity ranked fifth in deep targets last season among wide receivers ninth in unrealized air yards so he was he was being targeted he just didn't complete those 75th in yards after the catch. Oof, that's rough. No. <laughs> I am going to get into another wide receiver that I know you guys both love. <gasps> I know you guys both love him, but I'm telling you, there's no bounce back coming in 2021. 
I don't really care that he's falling to the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Like, I'm still not touching him. And it's Odell Beckham Jr. Like, I get it. The name is... I got my fight fists up. You see? I got my fight fists ready to go. <laughs> the name is beautiful. And the talent is beautiful, right? Like, if you could just put it beautiful. all together. Um, maybe get back to the Giants and not throw a hissy fit and actually get to stay there. Beautiful. Maybe he'd be fine, right? Maybe he'd be fine. He was on pace for a Hall of Fame season and now, like... Ugh, I don't even want to touch him. Beautiful. Shut it's up. True. Shut up. <laughs> Are you just trying to mess up my Odo Beckham talk? I saw you. Oh, okay. Okay, but for real, let me say this. I'm going to hurt you. In a crowded room of wide receivers. All right, Beckham, since. <laughs> yes, Beckham missed some games last year in a mess of everything. But Beckham, since 2018, the last three seasons, he's played 35 games. And only scored 15 plus PPR points in 14 of those 35 games played since 2018. Like he's supposed to be an elite wide receiver. That's not even close to an elite wide receiver. That is one fewer games of 15 plus PPR points than T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> than T.Y. Hilton, who uh, we're all giving up on. And T.Y. Hilton only has played 39 games, so four more games than OBJ since 2018. I alluded to this earlier. He is almost 85 years old. It's one fewer game <laughs> than Emmanuel Sanders, than Devontae Parker since 2018. Like, these are the players that he's doing worse than. It's two fewer games than Robbie Anderson, and it's only... Two more games of 15 plus PPR points than Sterling Shepard, who nobody wants on their team. Uh, and Sterling Shepard only has played 38 games. So you might say, oh, he's played more games. Like, yeah, he's played three more games in OBJ since 2018. And he's only had two more games of 15 plus PPR points. OBJ is not an elite fantasy producer anymore. He is just not. He has not been a top 12. Fantasy wide, re wide receiver since 2016. That was five years ago, guys. Like, we need to let it go. No! And the biggest reason we need to let it go, Beckham and Baker Mayfield are the worst couple to ever exist. Like, you would think, like, <laughs> uh, talented wide receiver. I, I do think Baker Mayfield, Mayfield's a talented quarterback. Like, we've seen it when OBJ's not in the field. But hey. together, they cannot exist. Like, I don't know what's going on. They've clearly cheated on each other behind the scenes, and it's not working on the field. You want to know who has the worst passer rating quarterback wide receiver duo since 2019 for the last two seasons? This is the list. Probably not. This, this <laughs> it's going to make me sad. This is the list. It's number four worst, so not the worst, number four worst. Kyler Murray, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald's old, right? 84.5 passer rating. Next up is Jared Goff, Robert Woods, 83.4 passer rating. Let's hope Robert Woods does better with Matthew Stafford. Second worst is Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton. Makes sense both ways. 80.8 <laughs> passer rating, and you jump down nine points passer rating. So I just said 84, 83, 80 for those guys for passer rating. You jump down all the way to 71 passer rating, and that's what you get when Baker Mayfield targets Odell Beckham. It's the worst passer rating in the league since 2019. It's terrible. And you can don't blame it on Baker Mayfield cuz uh Baker Mayfield is baller when Odell Beckham is not on the field. I hate you. I have the stats on and <laughs> off the field. Just anytime Odell Beckham is on or off the field in any game since 2019, taking a break, whatever, missing a game with Beckham he uh, he passes. He's had 20 pass touchdowns and 21 interceptions. So that's a 20 to 21 ratio with Beckham on the field. Without Beckham on the field, 18 pass touchdowns, two interceptions. 18 to two. It goes from 20 to 21 to 18 to two. Passer rating goes from 78.1 to 97.2. It increases by 20 points and you can say oh well it's a coaching change and he missed half the season so it's skewed like no weeks one through six baker mayfield was crap he averaged 6.4 yards per attempt 84 passer rating as soon as beckham gets hurt in week seven he, his attempts goes up to 7.8 yards per attempt 102.1 passer rating from week seven to 17 baker mayfield is the 
so much better without Odell. Odell is so much better without Baker. They're the worst couple ever. The bounce back is not happening in 2021. It's not. Don't draft him. I don't work don't for him. the NFL Network, so I don't have uh, all this access to all the exclusive stats that Michelle Majuk <laughs> has access to here. But I would actually be curious to see in weeks one through seven, the splits on and off the field for OBJ. And I think maybe that would be the I do- most telling. Okay, but I just told you the stats from one through seven to seven, or one through six through seven through 17. Yeah, I, I know. So, But I'm just saying like snaps on the field versus snaps Do you snaps think it's a coincidence that he threw only 10 touchdowns and had six interceptions through weeks one through he six? He was getting new. And was, then, but well, guys, like week seven through 17, he only threw two interceptions. Week seven through 17, Baker Mayfield only threw two interceptions. Guess what? One of those in- interceptions were to Odell Beckham because it was on the first drive of week seven, he was targeting Odell Beckham and he got intercepted and that's the game or that's the play that Odell tore his ACL trying to tackle the guy. So that means he threw one interception the entire rest of the season that OBJ was out. Is that like- Okay, I'm just, I'm over here trying to figure out how much of this I can reasonably blame on that core muscle injury that he went through in 2019. Look, that has to count for like 80% of all of the issues here. I think it really just goes back to that core injury from 2019. <laughs> okay, you, I'm, I'm sorry, there's not a coincidence where you go uh, one, two, three, uh, you, obviously he didn't play all of 2017, but then 2018, 2019, you you are not a bad wide receiver. A bad wide receiver No one's not. saying OBJ's a no. bad wide receiver. Him and Baker are bad together. He does not work with Baker. He was great with the Giants. He was great with Eli Manning. Okay, it so It has question. not been great since 2016. It's done. It's over. No, but you say 2016. That's like, what it was. Okay. He has not he been was, a top 12 wide receiver That's fine. since 2016. Uh, he also only played... 12 games in 2018, but we'll ignore that. Um, if he was traded. So we've heard rumblings that... If he's traded, that's fine. I'm I just want to know. No, I'm I'm curious. If he's traded to literally any other team, would The Lions would be in? about the only one I might buy in. Oh, my God. Colts, I would die. Colts, Colts, Colts. What if he goes Colts, to the Colts? Colts. Well, How I don't know. I feel like be? Carson Wentz would also be really terrible with him. It seems like the type of guy he'd be terrible with. I don't know that they have the draft capital either. Yeah, they don't. But mm, the the yeah, Lions, fair. if they traded him to there, yeah, like yeah, he's gonna get 150 targets. I do think Jared Goff and him would have that connection. Like they just seem like the type of quarterbacks, the quarterback wide receiver duo that would. Um, so I'd be happy there. But I'm talking right now. I want to. If you. he's with the Browns in 2021, <laughs> I'm not touching him. I don't even care if he falls to the ninth round. Like I don't want OBJ. The ninth I, that's round, how, Michelle, you're ooh, being silly not, at that point. You know OBJ's <laughs> upside, which is literally wide receiver one. I, he's never been wide receiver one. He's been wide Maybe receiver in three. I don't know. He's been wide receiver three. So not upside. Get out of my one. face. Get so not receiver <laughs> one. Couch. All right. That is all for our bounce back players. But before we leave, Kate has a ballsy take of the week. That's pretty ballsy. That's pretty ballsy. Covered her asses out there, man. Some ballsy shots. Get ballsy. Kate, you're making me sweat with this one. I've already read it. Woo! I don't even know if I want you to say it on the podcast. It is spicy. Get into it, girl. You did tell me that I really need to, like, think about what I'm about to say before I say it. And I've (laughs) thought about it long and hard. And I think it needs to be said. J.D. McKissick, I think, is an RB2 in 2021 PPR leagues. And, I mean... This isn't too spicy because he was in 2020. I'm just saying he's not going away. He is going to finish the season with more targets and more receptions than Antonio Gibson, your workhorse running back, who is entering his sophomore season. I have so many concerns about this situation right now with Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson's being drafted as a running back one. In redraft leagues, you are counting on him 
to get where he deserves to go. That is fine. I like perfectly efficient. He was he was fine. But I want to take you back to 2020 where JD JD freaking McKissick led all running backs in targets, led all running backs in the number of routes run. Not not Antonio Gibson. It was JD McKissick. Not Antonio Gibson, the former wide receiver. It was J.D. McKissick. Finished the season with 80 catches, 589 receiving yards. The only player he ranked behind in receiving was Alvin Kamara, who literally just caught the ball 17 million times. Since 2018, Ryan Fitzpatrick has targeted the running back position at the 22nd highest rate among 39 qualifying quarterbacks. So, he doesn't totally bypass that position. I know we like to think that he only throws deep. He does throw to the running back position. And it seems pretty ironclad that J.D. McKissick is their guy for that. Looking back to their 29, uh, 2020 performances, you see that J.D. McKissick was their guy for blocking. Uh, he was the better blocker over Antonio Gibson. I mean... Obviously, they have to work on that this offseason, but all of their usage patterns indicate that J.D. McKissick is not going away, and I'm concerned about that. Most of J.D. McKissick's fantasy relevance came in the last nine games of the season. After their bye week, he was an RB1 56% of the time. 56% of those nine games, he was an RB1, so five Five out of nine games, RB1 status. And that was when Antonio Gibson was getting his work. I just think we are so discounting this value here. J.D. McKissick is being drafted in the RB40 range. Why? He's not sexy. That's why. He's not. J.D. McCoochcooch. Nobody wants to go near uh, (laughs) him because I think everybody is so on board with Antonio Gibson. I mean, myself included, of course. I want Gibson to be a thing. I want him to get all of the passes thrown his way. And this makes me sad. The only thing that makes me nervous is Curtis Samuel. And I don't want Curtis Samuel in fantasy in the slightest bit. But I do think McKissick and Curtis Samuel kind of eat into each other's workload. Like, very similar skill sets there. I know one's a wide receiver and one's a running back. But still, they both could interchange positions, right? Like, McKissick can line line up wide. Um, Samuels can line up as a running back and do it out of the backfield. So I'm just wondering how they're going to use Samuels and McKissick. Uh, so that's what worries me about him. But you're right. Like, if they also have two McKissicks now this year with Samuel, like, are we ranking Antonio Gibson too high, right? Like, if I'm worried about McKissick getting hurt by Samuel, then maybe Antonio Gibson could be hurt by both. I feel like I'm just going to throw this out and not worry about it. It's because that's, you know, that's what we do with takes we don't like. Like, oh, you're stupid. It's just, it's, but it does, it's, it's eye-opening. It is. And it's scary because yeah. you are looking at a guy who you are putting, I mean, you could use that first-round pick on a Derrick Henry, who you know is the guy. Yeah, I mean, that's an early first round, though. It, Antonio Gibson's an, going very late first or early second. It's okay, you're talking about... But you can go Austin like Eckler or Antonio Gibson. But that, and that's what I'm saying. You have a, a much larger sample size with Austin Eckler as that, that guy who you... Like, let's be honest. If you want Antonio Gibson to become somebody, isn't it Austin Eckler? Like, I feel like those are mm. the... That's that's, that's what I want him to become as a former wide oh, receiver. Yeah. Well, there's no way I would ever take Antonio Gibson over Austin Eckler in a gazillion million years. I'm just saying that's what you want. Like yeah. that is what you want out of Antonio Gibson. And I just think that JD McKissick, his usage, especially in like after the bye weeks nine through seventeen, yikes. I do think he could probably be one of the best late round running backs to grab like he can be I actually think JD McKissick could be the perfect we're talking about Austin Eckler versus Jay or Antonio Gibson but think about Austin Eckler back in the day with Melvin Gordon like he was still a viable fantasy player in many many weeks with Melvin Gordon like it wasn't 
running back one material, but he was having running back two weeks. I do think we could see that with J.D. McKissick with Antonio Gibson. So, uh, yeah, this is great value, and you definitely opened my eyes to him. He was an RB3 in 33% of his games after the bye. 33, like Uh, one out of three games. Did you say what his ADP is? It's probably uh, It's around uh, RB40, which that's value. Is he the new James White? Is he the guy that everybody's just overlooking just because, well, that's James White. What's he going to do? And then he gets you like that crazy high season. Oh, Oh my gosh. That's what's happening here. He is actually dating because it is the best. PPR value now, right now. I think, like, I'm oh like, oh my right god, I yeah. flipped both of wow. you, yeah. and I'm so well, proud because when she first put it, I was like, that's a two baller, like, I, that's too hot, but yeah, I it doesn't worry me as much about Antonio Gibson as it probably should. Maybe I'm just having take lock there, but I still think JD McKissick can still be a very, you know, viable fantasy option from week to week as a flex play. Uh, in PPR leagues with Antonio Gibson healthy and you need those guys and you can get them in what 12th round 13th forever undrafted deep 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 Deep. all right well that is it for the ball blast podcast today don't forget to go to the ballblastfootball.com website and check out all of our awesome articles by all of our awesome writers they are killing it over there and they deserve that support and respect uh, and then also give us a five-star review. I mean, I guess it's weird to say five-star review, but uh, yeah, th- don't give us a three. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> don't give us one. If, if you made it this far, I hope you like it, right? So please go give us that five-star review. It matters so much. Leave us that review. Uh, you can follow me. I am Michelle at Ball Blast M, Ball Blast E-M. And I'm Kate. You could follow me at Ball Bla- at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Jake. You can follow me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. All right. We'll talk to you next week, y'all. Bye. 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 That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.